Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. spooky season and it's movie two that's the the only thing i can do to think of to do to do an intro to these episodes i guess next time <laughs> i'll sing the monster mash maybe that's something you could do yeah you could pick we could do dragula by rob zombie that's always a good um go and go and listen to that if you're listening to this episode but not yet not yet wait wait until the end of this episode and then and then join us yeah don't go listen to rob zombie now what are you doing <laughs> listen to this rob uh, who is a zombie <laughs> Because yeah. it's because it's Halloween, and also because I just generally am. We've got a different kind of Rob Zombie on this show. <laughs> Rob the Zombie. Rob the Zombie. Everyone's favorite Halloween sitcom. He's tired <laughs> all the time. It's Rob Zombie. Uh, oh, actually, that scans with Gold Member as well, doesn't it? Rob Zombie. <laughs> Rob Zombie. <laughs> He's the man, the man who'll eat your brain. <laughs> I'd rather watch that than a Bond film, to be honest. Yeah, I I go through phases with Bond, where sometimes I want to watch them, and other times I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. I feel exactly the same. We have never... We, I feel like we've talked a lot about Bond on this show, but we've never actually talked about a Bond film, have we? No, because he's a sociopath who hates women. Yeah. How does that how does that fit into a romantic podcast? I think we we could probably talk about the one where he gets married, I suppose. Um which one's that? What's it Isn't called? Isn't that um Casino Royale? Isn't that the first one? So the first Or is yeah, that one the... where he's already grieving his dead wife or something? No, so Casino Royale um does have a decent romance plot in it actually. So we could watch that. The first Daniel Craig one. Yeah. Um but no it's the one with George Lazenby. Um we could we could watch. Oh that's the one. Um which is called something. <laughs> 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 On Her Majesty's Secret Service it's called. That's the one. That's the one we could watch. I can't remember. There's so many Bond movies. How can I possibly remember all their names? We'll get round to that as a themed thing in 2025, I'm sure. <laughs> doing all the bond movies oh jeez, no that that's a whole other podcast isn't it <laughs> i do like um some of them though some of them are fun yeah um, me too i feel like the silly ones are quite good fun as well we could we could talk about um Goldeneye because it's got Pierce Brosnan in. Who is I it? was going to say if we were going to do one, I'd ask, I'd I'd put throw my hat in the ring for Goldeneye. Maybe for sure. we could we could do Bronholm Month where we do all of them because he did four, didn't he? So we yes, could do that's all true. Four James Bond movies with Pierce Brosnan. 
although based on my track record they'd probably come out in a period of six to seven weeks which is how it works now so i have to apologize to everyone at the time of recording this i've I've finished the edit on the second alvin and the chipmunks one i'm about to press send so even though we're into october it's still alvin and the chipmunk i'm sorry your perception of time and space may alter listening to this show that's the true horror it's the yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks, that's right. It's had to continue into October. It's Tony Hale shouting, I'm an air marshal, I'm a monster. <laughs> um, so sorry about so, that, but I'll try and get these two out in relatively quick succession. So you might end up with two episodes good. in a week, you lucky people. It's all good. Genuinely doesn't matter. What matters is that we are here and we're here to talk about romance. And actually this feels like a rather romantic movie in comparison to a lot of things that we've talked about. Yeah, recently. we're here to talk about vampires. It, it, it feels as though, although this is the Halloween horror month, these movies have been far more romantic than what we've recently covered in the podcast outside of horror. Yeah, even last week in the one about the zombie girlfriend, they were definitely yeah. in love until yeah. she tried and, to eat him. <laughs> and then this time we've got vampire love. Whereas um, Alvin and the Chipmunks, there wasn't much going on there, was there? I, d- I suppose on the, the no last love. one, the only good one, Dave was trying to date a woman, wasn't he? That he was, was the thing that caused the problem. But it wasn't romantic, <laughs> was it? Not really, no. The romance between chipmunks and singing songs. That's what the chipmunk was all about. And none of the boy chipmunks got together with the girl chipmunks either. No, that's true, actually. There was a little bit of a frisson of love between... Simon um, and Lady the Simon. Two, the, the two glasses chipmunks. <laughs> um, it, it, it is kind of incestuous, though, I suppose, because they are literally all interested in dating the chipmunk who looks the most like them. And <laughs> they, they've they got this sort of... I thought you meant because all chipmunks are related. And, <laughs> they all are. Every It's it's like the old... Um, there, there was a chipmunk version of Genghis Khan. That they're all related to, like how every human being is related. Alvin to Khan. Khan at some yeah. point. <laughs> is at the top of the Great Wall of China, just shouting his own name. Alvin. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like something out of Warhammer. That yeah, it's a part of Warhammer lore that there's a <laughs> there, there's someone who just shouts their own name at the top of all. Well, you'd know. That's your specialist subject, isn't it? I know everything about Warhammer lore. No, it's impossible to know everything about Warhammer lore. It is just. A giant Ouroboros of nonsense. <laughs> no, you know who'd be there shouting his own name at the top of a wall is Ed Balls. That's true. That's true. Edward Balls, you know, has a podcast of his own. Yeah, with George Hot Osborne. The, yeah, exactly. We'd like to see you guys get to 300 episodes. Also, what's rubbish about it is that they're doing exactly the same thing as every other politician who does a podcast. Uh, yeah. where they talk about politics and it's like, who cares? There are so many politics podcasts and they're all really boring. They should all be list. Everyone should be listening to us talk about romantic vampire films instead of that nonsense. They're all I the same. I want to hear Ed Bulls and George Osborne talking about the Olympics of the 1970s <laughs> for for five episodes, and then they have to kill each other, and whoever survives then gets to be in a podcast with whoever survives the similar thing between Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart. <laughs> Yeah, and then those there can guys only be one politics podcast. Have to play Super Smash Bros together, and whoever loses, yeah, gets killed in real life. <laughs> in real life, yes, we're talking about in real life. This isn't theoretical. Oh, Ed Ball's speed um, running Final Fantasy VII audio only. That's my dream <laughs> podcast. That that's what they should have done. You know, when um, Harry and Meghan bless their cottons, were like, we're going to do a podcast oh. for 
and and it's like okay but like you should do just like a video game podcast or something yeah why why do you want to talk about just other stuff surely you should yeah do something fun just tell us what you like tell us about how much you enjoy playing mario <laughs> yeah. but yeah no ed, ed ed i do not care about what ed balls and george osborne say about politics i have zero interest in understanding the way that their minds work in politics more than i already do yeah, I would like to hear what Ed Balls thinks about the 1970s Winter Olympics, or um, maybe about what his favourite Ministry album is. <laughs> going in depth into <laughs> into Psalm 69, uh, he and prefers what his favourite song. Is. He prefers the Revolting Cocks because he had to face so many of them across the dispatch box. Oh, that sounds very in history of you. Get me on. Have I got news for you? Have I got? for you more like that's what, <laughs> that's what I think of that topical comedy show no, that's what my one and a half year old son says to me well, <laughs> he doesn't say it because he can say like he can say w- single words right now he can actually say poo sure but yeah well that's good does he say poo when he needs to go poo not every time or when he has done sometimes poo? well that's good at least that he's getting there yeah <laughs> and I, I like that it's a wild card <laughs> That it's not every time. So sometimes you still get no, surprised. He keeps you. you on your toes. <laughs> Did you know? Here's your Ed Balls fact. He once negotiated the Home Office budget whilst crawling in a children's bullpit. <laughs> crawling in a bullpit. <laughs> when you said crawling, that was all I could think of. Well, uh, yeah. What does Ed Balls think of the band Linkin Park? We should get him as a guest on Pod Durst, our other podcast. <laughs> Where we talk when about was new the metal. last time we did a podcast episode? Definitely over a year ago. It got killed by was it Mudvayne? No, he stained. talked about stained. I think Mudvayne was the one we were supposed to do after, and we never got round to it. It was either Mudvayne or Mushroom Head. <laughs> yeah, it, it got it got killed by by one terrible band that was so bad that we never. A few weeks went us. by, and I think I texted you being like. I don't know if I can listen to eight Mushroom Head albums or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right, isn't it? We we listened to some we listened to some songs and then we just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, um, but we'll so get we, we'll get back it, to it. At some point, we'll do it. We need to talk about Taproot. Taproot. <laughs> oh yeah, no, maybe you <laughs> you said we were going to do tab, Taproot. Was that was that what I said last time round? I can't remember. We definitely never did the Mudvayne episode because we started listening to them and just couldn't, yeah, couldn't handle it. Uh, Stained was the last one, March twenty twenty two. So this was before my younger son was born, and I remember <laughs> I was I was painting his room while listening to Stained and thinking, "What am I doing with my life?" <laughs> I'm glad that I can bring out those feelings in you, Paddy. That is uh, that is truly exceptional. I'm so pleased Good that I've been able times. to bring you that emotion of just despair. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a bad soundtrack. Speaking of good soundtracks, Go Walks Home oh. Alone at Night, the score was yeah. fantastic, wasn't it? Impeccable. Let's dive into that, this week's film. You know what else was impeccable? What? Your segue then was beautiful. I do my best, don't I? I try. Lovely. I lead you um, down the garden path and then push you into a bush. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the the soundtrack to this week's this week's film is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, um, which I'd never seen before. I've been meaning to watch since it came out, like literally since it came out. People said it was good. I'm thinking, oh, I need to watch that. Never got round to it. But 
you're right the soundtrack is amazing it's this wonderful blend of like western music as in from westerns the movie genre spaghetti westerns now you might know this i've never understood why they're called spaghetti westerns they're called spaghetti westerns because they were often shot in italy oh that seems that seems a bit racist (laughs) (laughs) no so um so basically what happened was um a lot of westerns were made in america however low budget ones they'd often go abroad to do so they would go to or like it would be italian directors shooting them at home rather than shooting them in the the traditional western environments of right california because that's why it's it because of sergio leone right and i thought it couldn't just be called spaghetti because he's italian like surely <laughs> surely that's not why that name comes from but now you're telling me no. it is yeah, so so that's exactly where it comes from. It comes from that they were shot in Italy. Um, so basically, it was from the 60s through to the 70s. That's when most of them were done. Um, and um, a lot of them, basically what they do is they either film them with Italians um, or with some American actors. Often they then dub them or yes. uh, or like they do like post syncing to the sound which is why often they have that very distinctive look and that very clear sound because someone's saying it over a voiceover afterwards yes so essentially yeah they would film mainly in italy sometimes in spain on low budgets um and um from like the either late 50s or early 60s onwards through the 70s that's where these spaghetti westerns came from um, and then, of course, you had the Sergio Leone ones, um, but, you know, Fistful of Dollars, A Few Dollars More, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which are, I would say, the best Western movies ever made still. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a soft spot for things like Tombstone as well in terms of more modern ones. I say modern, that movie is at least 20 years old. Prob- no, at least 30 years old now, I think. <laughs> um, but, but that counts as modern in the era of Westerns. Um, but yeah, and, and you had... Um, you had all sorts of these movies coming up off the back of that. Um, but yeah, they're called Spaghetti Westerns literally because of um, them being filmed in Italy. I love that. And looking here, yeah. subgenres, acid western, Australian western, contemporary western, dacoit western, epic western, fantasy western, Florida western, gothic western, horror western, northern, austern, revisionist western, science fiction western, singing cowboy, space western, spaghetti western, weird western, zapata western. I am a big fan. Sorry, this is going down a weird niche. Um, I am a big fan of Western horror and Weird West mm. as settings. Um, when you think about things like um, Near Dark as an example of something that's more contemporary. We should talk about Near Dark sometime, Never seen actually. That. Um, actually fits in very well as a kind of precursor to what a girl walks home alone at night did Um, it's a sort of um western meets vampire story directed by catherine bigelow it was her debut um, with an amazing cast including bill paxton and lance henriksen Um, and it's about this guy who falls in with a bunch of vampire nomads basically um and um and yeah it's it's got a got it's brilliant we should talk about it sometime maybe next year we'll cover hmm. um but yeah i love that cross-section of horror and western or weird western where it's got lots of fantasy elements and things like that i think it's a really intoxicating blend um 
And there was a great game that came out last year, I think it was actually, called Weird West. Oh, yes. Um, I heard about this. Which was great. Um, one of my favourite games of last year, or maybe maybe it was the tail end of the year before. I can't remember exactly when it came out. Um, you play as multiple protagonists, one of which is a horrifying pig man. And I am never felt more represented <laughs> in a video game. Finally. A disgusting pig creature. <laughs> Finally a game for me. Finally a game that speaks to me. Um, but yeah, I love all of those things. So naturally, um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night spoke to me so much because it's got this real Western element. It's got this kind of 60s black and white movie energy to it as well. Yeah. This sort of James Deany energy to it. Um, and the score is amazing. It has that wonderful Western feel to it. But then also there's these pockets of um, of sort of 80s synth pop as well. And the contrast between the two, weirdly enough, the 80s synth poppy elements are there to showcase the vampire and showcase that kind of anachronistic approach to music enjoyment and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it feels it feels weirdly dated that suddenly you're listening to synth pop, even though the previous music calls back to an even earlier time frame. It's really interesting the way that it kind of uh, creates that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, and it does it all really, really well. It does because it does the right thing at the right time cinematically. It f- all mm. flows beautifully, and it's it really kind of washes over you, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's got that real sense to it um and just yeah it's so atmospheric it's almost tangible the atmosphere of this film you can almost reach out and touch the smoke in it and things like that it's oh it's beautiful beautifully done it's it's incredibly simple isn't it Mm. it's it's yeah the shot in black and white it's persian language as well um which is really great as well it says it's billed as the first iranian vampire western and i'm very much down with that (laughs) um so yeah i watched it with um with subtitles on on the Amazon Prime, which was good with a free trial of Studio Canal Plus or whatever it is. So now every studio oh, gets to have their own plus, which nobody's great. going to pay for. But definitely not going to lead to a revival of piracy now that everything's got its own channel and no one can afford it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely I not. did my seven day free trial and I watched this off that. So that was good. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really, really clever and really good and really, really simple but also very, very deep as well. It was, yeah, mm. it's, it's black and white. It's mostly about atmosphere. There isn't loads of dialogue, but what dialogue there is is quite simple, but says a lot in what it does, you know, and there's it's not gory, but it is scary as well. Like there are the bits when she kind of reveals her teeth, you think, wow, that is, that is actually terrifying as they've built up to it so well through the kind of the atmosphere of her just walking down the street. And it also, even though there's so much good music packed into it, it knows when to use silence to great effect as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we maybe touch on that fear element, um, the the really powerful thing about this is the way that it creates this intensity and this foreboding atmosphere around our main character. Um, well, one of our two main characters, the girl she's called and spoiler alert she's the vampire um it's pretty obvious <laughs> from the moment you start watching her or literally see the poster who the vampire is but she is the vampire um and without really doing much apart from walking around and standing 
it creates this sense of terror around her when she's prowling for her next feed. Um, and it only happens in snippets. There's only about four scenes in this film which tie into her feeding. But each one of them is really tense and really well done. It's it's great horror filmmaking. Yeah. And the, the first time you see her kill someone, it it's completely silent. There's no dialogue at all. And then the mm. next time she says a little more and a little more. And it's not like she's loquacious by the end of the film, but the way that it builds her character as well really works well. Yeah, it's in, it's incredibly well done. Um, it's it's yeah, it's really good. And 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 like you said, there's a scene the first time that she feeds, her teeth pop down, and you're just like, oh god, this is not going to go well, and it it doesn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> but what what's what's interesting is that she almost takes on this vigilante approach to who she feeds on. So she's always feeding on people that are actually either evil or are causing a negative influence on other people in the surrounding area so um this is uh, a girl walks home alone at night is set in the fictional ghost town called bad city um which is a city where bad things happen yeah um and it's a story with lots of drug use um and and lots of crime and things like that lots of isolation lots of poverty lot of sort of deprivation and within that you've got this vigilante vampire essentially just seamlessly floating between these people and it's really well done how that ties into the overall atmosphere of the film and when you say vigilante vampire that makes you that makes it sound like a marvel film doesn't it <laughs> but, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> wesley's wesley snipes was nowhere to be seen in this but yeah this no. is the opposite of that isn't it yeah yeah absolutely it's it's that complete opposite or the anti-twilight i suppose is yeah that it feels like the anti-twilight there's um, no wolf boys in this one no no wolf boys no wolf boys um it's um but yeah it's it's a really powerful film um worth pointing out a little bit about its production so it was filmed in america um with a cast of um iranian americans mainly yeah um and it's a really interesting way that again ties into this seamless approach of western iranian vampire movie um but just gives it there's nothing else i've seen that's quite like this even though it feels like i said even though it's got that little bit of a sense of near dark in it um another film that it sort of feels like is the addiction which i don't know if you've seen no it's got Christopher Walken in it, which is why I thought you might have seen it, because I know you love a bit of Walken. I do, yeah. Um, basically, it's, it's this woman gets bitten by a vampire, starts turning into a vampire, and um, again, it's got this kind of walking the streets of New York feel to it. Right. Um, and um a lot of it is around that kind of this person floating between other people there's a lot of allegory around drug addiction in it i mean literally it's called the addiction um and again it's all shot in black and white so it feels kind of similar to that oh nice um i do have to warn you that peter bradshaw likes the addiction oh no you watch it oh then i'll never be able to watch it then <laughs> you'll never be able to watch it do we know what he um, thought of a girl walks home alone at night he, I he might know. i think he's the kind of thing he might like it's true. Peter Bradshaw. Um, he probably enjoyed let's it. Let's look it up. He probably did. I know that Mark Commode enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Peter Bradshaw's film of the week 
A Girl Walks Home Alone. Oh, no. He gave it four stars out of five. Oh, no. <laughs> this this episode's over. Your sorry. Got to, I've got to go. <laughs> can, can oh, sorry. So, someone's at the door. I've got to go. Bye. um but but i suppose in terms of other things it feels a bit like it's got a hint of let the right one in about it as well um which we've never no we haven't i've never seen that one either not talked about that oh we should talk about that we've talked about a lot of vampire Um, films i feel like i've seen a lot of vampire films but i've also not seen a lot of them i've seen the hunger uh, which we talked about and that was very good was that last year we talked about the hunger no that was at least two years ago if not three years ago um, and we talked about um, only lovers left alive at some point. Yeah, we? that w- may have been. Movie. That was early on. Maybe potentially even our first Halloween, second yeah, Halloween. Maybe. That was maybe. very good. Um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, yeah, it, 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 it. But this is a really great one. That again, it takes the idea of the vampire movie. And it does something unique with it, which I think is one of the great things that you can do with um, with vampires is you don't have to stick to those tropes. You can do something interesting with that source material. And this is an example of that. Right. Absolutely. I think it's it's really good. So I was just looking at um, Anna Lily Amapur's, the director's Wikipedia page. She was born in Margate. Ah, oh, local. <laughs> and then moved to Miami when she was young. Not so low. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she's... Have you seen any of her other films? No. I only watched one other one, which was The Bad Batch, um, which, again, we could talk about. Um, post-apocalyptic cannibal love story is how she built it. All of these have really um, great casts. I'm just looking yeah. at this now. Yeah. And she, I see she's directing a female-led reboot of Cliffhanger. <laughs> really? Oh, gosh. Yeah, but uh, it says, oh, by May 2023, it was officially reported that the reboot will be developed as a legacy sequel instead. Boring. Oh, and she's no oh, longer she's not director. Well, Rubbish. I'm no longer interested. Yeah. Equally, have you ever seen Have you ever seen Cliffhanger? No, we've talked about it before <laughs> in the context <laughs> of talking about Cutthroat Island, but um, no. Oh, yes, and, and also we brought it up in the context of... Um, uh... <laughs> Ace Ventura 2. Oh, yeah. The, the intro scene to that is just a parody of, of Cliffhanger. My favourite thing about Cliffhanger is that if you look at the poster, you think the film is called Hang On because Hang yeah. On is in massive letters <laughs> and then Cliffhanger is in small letters underneath. <laughs> it's all right. I seem to remember it being okay. John Lithgow plays a villain, which is always nice. I like it when he. Nothing wrong with that. So, in many ways, you're saying it's the same as Footloose. Mm. <laughs> exactly it's exactly like footloose <laughs> nobody puts sylvester stallone in the corner um <laughs> which i which i know is dirty dancing not footloose but still you know what i mean yeah i don't know if there's a line i can't remember any quotes there's something about dancing and being wild and free and stuff cut cut loose cut loose fuck loose that was what we sang at the end of the episode cut loose cut loose fuck loose put on your dancing shoes um but yeah, the bad the bad batch is is enjoyable. Um, I didn't even realise it was directed by her actually, because um, I, I I saw that um, previously, um, and it's a really interesting, really strange film um, that goes again in these unexpected directions. Um, it's uh, yeah, really really good movie, and yeah, I I need to watch her her latest one actually. 
um, which which I've not watched. Um, because yeah, a girl walks home alone at night is brilliant, and clearly she knows how to create unexpected things, which is something I always like in a in a director. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's a brilliant film on many levels, and it's it's the right length. It's um, yeah, it's all the performances are fantastic as well, and especially like the mm. the first time she she gets her teeth into a guy he is like this awful pimp who's been horrible for the first 15, 20 minutes of the film. And then she bites his finger off. It's actually quite a horrific scene. And the noise yes, that he yeah. makes in response to that is very, very real. But obviously because it's shrouded in this, the, the black and white atmosphere of it, it's it maybe takes the sting out of it a little bit, but I did find that actually quite horrific. Yeah. And I think, I think this movie does that really well that actually it very rarely uses gore particularly strongly um when it does it's really effective so you see his finger having been bit off yeah but you don't then see the feeding properly after that um and it's the same with the other scenes in this movie as well it's very careful with what it shows and what it leaves up to the audience's imagination yeah in a really impressive way it, it works really well you know there's a lot there's a horny undertone isn't there there's a lot of kind of hints at kind of sex and prostitution and horniness but a lot of it is done through just like sucking fingers in a car you know it's quite yeah 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 and and, and that's again it ties into those themes of vampirism in films that are seen elsewhere um you know it's got this element of sexuality but that sexuality is tied into being an outsider and being a disaffected person and so it it preys on that isolation and finding kinship in other bad people or in this case vampires mm. um that's really really well done i'm so impressed by it yeah um one scene in particular that i loved and you probably loved it as well when our other main character arash goes back to the girl's house um and they have this really intimate moment where they're listening to this 80s music and like just standing next to one another yeah and it's this really close-up scene that goes on for a really long time as well just in silence as these two people stand next to one another and actually it felt really powerful and emotional it's a really long scene as well of him just kind of gradually moving from the bed, just walking sort of very slowly closer to her and she's facing away from him as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really brilliantly done. It's That's kind of the centrepiece of the film, I think, that scene. Yeah, absolutely. And like that sort of sets up the romantic element of this, which is that you've got this guy um, who he's struggling with his dad who's addicted to heroin um but equally he also plays into the sort of criminal element of the society around him because he has to to in order to keep afloat of it the song by the way was not an 80s song it's by white lies do you not remember it from yes, 2008? Yeah. It's one of those they were trying to sound 80s in the late 2000s. Yeah, yeah. It, very, very little of the music is actually from the 80s, but it feels 80s. Yeah, but that was quite um, an in a way weird that... choice, but a choice that really, really worked and made me sort of reevaluate that song and see it in a new light. I thought that was really, really clever. I like it when stuff does that, where it, yeah, you you watch um, you watch something. And then it reveals the song in a different way to how you first portrayed it. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting. Because I think of White Lies as one of those, I mean, it's a lazy term, but a bit of a landfill indie band. And now I'm not so sure. I wouldn't go that far to see them outside of that. One of those, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm in a band, bands. 
Uh, not like that. Not like Vampire Weekend, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they always had a bit more of a maudlin feel than a lot of those bands that filled that void. Yeah. Um, the way I see it as um, the bands where someone you know goes, oh, this is the most emotionally powerful song I've ever heard. And then it's a guy going, oh, I love you and you're wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> you're not like the other girls. That's that's that kind of indie. The worst that, that's the kooks, that song. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm a toxic masculine man, but I wear skinny jeans. <laughs> that sounds like a saxophone at the end there. Look at little bit. It's like Kenny G just jumped in at the end. Are, of that are you saying that actually this is an ordinary boys song? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So no, it wasn't like that at all. It was it was a good moment. Yeah, white white lies weren't they weren't those horrible one of those horrible indie bands of the era. But equally, yeah, you're right. You sort of feel about them in the same way as what was the band that did an honest mistake? Do you remember the that bravery? Song? The bravery. Yeah, I was never a fan of that. Or like um, editors or Interpol. It's that kind of sort of slightly more more maudlin, as you say, is the right word for it. Yeah, the, the bands that wanted to be Joy Division. Yeah, basically. yeah. Kind of feels like that. I mean, editors' first album, I think, actually had a little bit of something to it. Um, and Interpol sometimes did interesting music and sometimes didn't. They really varied. Um, I love the song Evil by them. Yeah. Um, with the little puppet in the video. That's a great little mean, nasty song. And I like I like it when bands do mean, nasty songs. It's always yep. good. Um, but yeah, they, those bands that wanted to sound like Echo and the Bunnymen or Joy Division. Um, and sometimes they were good, sometimes they weren't. Um, yeah. I stand by that The Killing Moon is one of the greatest songs ever made. Oh, it's a tune. Um, Absolute tune. Because they famously say um, there isn't a band in the world who's got a song anywhere near this, don't they? (laughs) They, they, they They think it's one of the best songs ever made. And to be fair, yeah, it is great. Beautiful song. Um Anyway, that, that the Killing Moon would fit in really well with the soundtrack to um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, actually. It would, yeah. Um, maybe feel a little bit too on the nose for the rest of it. I don't know. That's the thing because what the, this this the song "Death" by White Lies that was in there. The, the central lyric is about the fears got a hold on me or whatever it is, and that seems quite on the nose for what it is. But in that moment, you're like, yes, this completely works as a real kind of emotional centerpiece of the film. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So no, Killing Moon could work in a different scene. Isn't that one in um, Donnie Darko, though? Maybe. I don't remember the music to Donnie Darko. That's a massively overrated, silly <laughs> film, isn't it? We should talk about that sometime. What's it? Celador uh, is the most beautiful phrase you can say in the English language or something. That's one of the lines from, from Donnie Darko. Yeah. I, I I remember quite liking Donnie Darko when it came out. I thought it was it was all right, but yeah, it was really really overhyped. It's got this whole weird time manipulation thing going on, doesn't it? Yeah, but it it gave us Jake Gyllenhaal as a sort of big starry man. It did he? He'd never been in anything up until that point. He just sort of appeared <laughs> one all. day on the set of Donnie Darko and was like, "Here I am." He'd literally never been a child actor at all before that point, but it it did kind of push him into um into kind of stardom. And yeah, but him, what happened to the bunny guy, the rabbit man from that film? You know, his we haven't seen him in anything yeah, since then, bunny have man? we? What's what's his career? <laughs> we all know what Echo what Echo's been up to, but the bunny man, not so much. <laughs> 
<laughs> do you reckon that's where catfish and the bottle men got their terrible name from no we've talked about this before there was um so stupid i don't even want to talk about it because i hate it so much <laughs> but the <laughs> okay, um, let's not. i read about this that the the lead singer van mccann um when he was a kid there was a <laughs> um, a busker that's his real name there was a busker in his hometown of wherever the hell it was um who used to play on a bunch of bottles who was called catfish the bottle man so he took his name from a busker and i'm sure he's been kind enough to give him all his money for that i bet he has i bet yep. he has i can't even name a catfish in the bottle man song Oh, 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 we're but, a band. They're one it, of those. No, they're not quite like that, are they? But they're very, be, very awful. Let it be known that I hate them anyway, <laughs> just based on their name alone. No, I do not ever want to know what one of their songs sounds like. I feel I've I've listened to one years ago, and it was some of the worst stuff I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm just looking on their Wikipedia page, and at the bottom of musical style, it says following the release of the Balance. Catfish and the Bottle Men came under some criticism for having a formulaic approach to songwriting. <laughs> that feels like a very neutrally put point to make sure that people know that their music is bad. <laughs> Midband is mid. <laughs> Says mid review. Cat mid and the Bottle Men, more like. <laughs> so my my dad um, was in a band called The Reversibles at university. One of the members of that band later got asked to join Echo and the Bunny Men, but he couldn't for some reason. Oh. I can't remember why. Because he drinks out of cans, not bottles, so he wasn't allowed. Oh, he's, he's a can man. <laughs> can fish in the bottle, then. God. This is bad, chat. This is very bad. <laughs> That's, this, is, this is what happens when we record on a Friday night after a really tiring week. You That's true, chat. actually. Yeah, it's my fault we're recording on Friday <laughs> instead of Wednesday. It does make a big difference. It really does. I feel so, can, My brain is far sharper midweek than it is at the end of the week to be yeah fair. you've got that kind of midweek anger haven't you <laughs> you know like <laughs> when will this week end i just want to get it over with let's talk about a film here i am boom i was on friday night so yeah i'm ready to go film's good you know <laughs> ready 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 to go to bed <laughs> yeah absolutely um but this movie's really good though I don't it is, think it's can... a great film i'm really glad you chose it and i'm really glad we watched it and i would highly recommend it unless you are squeamish about people getting their fingers bitten off yeah, it's, it's only one. Um, it's only one particularly gruesome scene. The rest of it is more sort of like your imagination. Yeah, it's fairly um, tame. So it's it's yeah, it's not bad. Um, it's it includes a, a rad to the max skateboarding vampire lady. It does. What more can you like? Um, she steals the skateboard off a child, and she's just like <laughs> doing her this exact same face and pose while walking, just like skateboarding just down the street, and it's a beautiful along. scene. It's so good. In many ways, it's the same as um, when Alucard makes an appearance in Captain N, the, the <laughs> Nintendo cartoon. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a link to that a, in he's the a rad, He's a rad vampire skateboarder man, Alucard. Yeah. I remember that. Um, you know, a little fact for you. This is going to be some trivia that I bust out, but I'll bring it out now. Um, that actually, the skateboarding scenes were were um, done by Anna Lillian Rapport oh because nice. she is a lifelong skateboarder so she did the skateboarding sequences brilliant um love that which is which is great um but yeah i love um i love the skateboarding i love that there's a terrified child in this movie children deserve to be terrified <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, i'm gonna um, show this to my older son my younger should. one he's too young but he's, yeah. he's not fussed a younger one i've met him recently 
for the first time in ages yeah. and he's an absolute chad he wouldn't be bothered by this he'd be all like yeah mate he's a bit of a vampire it. himself actually <laughs> i've heard him making spooky dinosaur sounds that's true actually yeah. so i he's got the he's got the vampire in him he'd, he'd love it um <laughs> I got um, that vampire in me, as the meme says. <laughs> and then the vampire is the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, yeah, the skateboarding. There's also so this the kind of love story between her and the guy, um, Arash. He they so they see each other a couple of times, um, and then it's not really clear what's going on, but he sort of recognizes her and it's like he may or may not be a vampire. It sort of implies that he is, but he it's like it's either that or he just enjoys dressing up as Dracula, which is fine too. But yeah, so he's dressed up as Dracula and then they're trying to go back to her place and he's like, I'm too tired, I can't move and then it just cuts to her pushing him on the skateboard. I laughed out loud at that. That was so funny and like genuinely hilarious. And even though it's a very, very serious and quite scary and very very deep and atmospheric film the comic relief of that was perfect in that moment and it's it's such a gift to be able to pull that off yeah absolutely it's just seamless isn't it um i don't think he is a vampire i think he's just a regular regular old fellow he's just a regular guy yeah but he's dressed as dracula which adds to the the sort of dark comedy of that scene but it leads to these amazing intimate moments so like i said the scene back at her place um, where you have this incredible slow scene with the music going on but then equally then like the next night they meet up and um, she doesn't reveal that she's a vampire but she says like I'm a bad person I've done bad things um, and he 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 gives her these earrings that he's stolen from the the posh family that he works for oh um, yeah and and pierces her ears and and so she has these these earrings with some pierced ears, and I thought that that was going to come back the earrings again, but it doesn't. So it's just this really nice intimate scene between them. The nice intimate scene that is also still a bit weird, isn't it? Because yeah. she's very keen for him to do it, and or it's like he's like, oh, you haven't got your ears pierced, and she just like very very matter of factly deadpans go well pierce them you know yeah, do it and then yeah. she like makes him do it, and he doesn't really want to do it, but it still has that kind of weird intimacy. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really and you get these intimate moments and then right at the end of the film you have this another amazing intimate moment together when they're in the the the, the car together. Um where you're also really unsure about what's going to happen next because her final victim in the film is his father. Um yeah. who he's kicked out um because he's trashed the house. Um, he's claiming that the cat, amazing cat in this movie, by the way. Top-notch cat, cat performance. Excellent cat performance. Um, he thinks that the cat is the reincarnation of his dead wife. Yeah, he says, I'll be the cat. And so he leaves with his heroine, and then he's forcing one of the other characters in the film to take heroin with him. Um, yeah, and quite a nasty scene, actually. A very not actually the most uncomfortable scene in this movie where someone's finger gets bitten off. In fact, yeah. And uh, and then he is her final victim, so comes in, feeds on him, and then they dispose of his body. Uh, but um, but then Arash realizes by seeing her with the cat that she has killed his father. And so you're there together in the car and you're like, what's going to happen? Is there going to be like a really tragic ending? 
but they just continue their trip leaving the city and it's just yeah. like ah oh. and it feels really quite sort of emotional doesn't it that final yeah. thing this closure of them leaving together um with the cat of course because you wouldn't leave a cat like that behind it's a grade a cat absolutely it's a perfect cat performance and the cat lends it the the the, uh, the cat gives it a different level of kind of domesticity doesn't it it's the mm. idea that we're going to run away together and we're going to take the cat yeah we've only known yeah. each other for a week or something but we're going to take the cat we're going to be cat people yeah not, <laughs> not like not, the film not, cat people <laughs> which we talked about yeah not like neither the 1940s nor the 1980s cat people no um both of which are worth watching very good well the first one's very good the second one's very silly therefore very good um but yeah it, it's there, there's this human element to this film which is feels really powerful and punchy um from these characters who don't feel or act very human for a lot of the way that the film's going on yeah one thing to point out as well the worst the most evil character the 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 drug pusher at the beginning the first victim um yeah. i did think this guy looks like the guy from Word, <laughs> and it turns out that actually that is what she wanted <laughs> the pimp to look like yeah <laughs> i think the guy from Word would be cool with that i think he would yeah what's his what's his name from uh from uh, Word? um i still need to watch chappy actually because they, oh, yeah. they were they were in right. chappy yeah um, weren't they in district nine as well or did they just have some music on that i soundtrack? think they just had some music on the soundtrack i don't think they were in it um but yeah i need to watch chappy at some point the the, yeah. the 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 dystopian version of um short circuit yeah it's a robot film yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. it's a cute robot film cute robot film he's just he's just a little robot dude um but yeah no i, I so I, I was pleased to see that i was like oh yeah it's deliberate meant to look like this guy um but yeah. that's a that's a good inspiration yeah I think. no very good inspiration um, as you... is you know all the spaghetti western stuff everything else that is clearly like a big influence on it as a film all comes together really well and again mm. I, I keep coming back to this but it's like i've said this about other films before and none are springing to mind but where it's, it's like quite a mix of different influences that shouldn't work but totally do yeah yeah absolutely um, and like I said, there's this kind of James Dean element to it with a rash with his car and the way that he dresses at certain points as well. Yeah. It all ties together into... It feels... We talked about It Follows previously on this podcast, and that's got this weird, timeless sense to it between the way that people act, the technology that they have, and the way that it's filmed. And this feels like it's got that similar thing of there's this... It feels out of sync with time entirely. A bit like our podcast release. <laughs> yeah, um, where we just talk about whatever the hell we want. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it does have this... It's it's both from the past, but also from the present, and maybe from a future that's yet to come, one day ahead of where we are now. It feels like it's all of these things rolled into one, um, which gives it this really magical quality when you're watching it. Elements of the past mixed with elements of the future to make something that's not quite as good as either. <laughs> That's um, <laughs> that's the eels song from the Mighty Boosh. <laughs> you know the one I mean. I know the one you mean. Eels yeah. up inside ya. Not not the band eels. No. The the eels song from is it old Greg who sings the eels? Song? No, it's, it's the Hitcher. The Hitcher. Who's quite similar Hitcher. to old Greg? They were all quite similar. Let's yeah. Be honest. 
The Mighty Boosh. I I loved that show so much at the time. I'd imagine <laughs> watching it now, it probably hasn't aged well. I need but... to revisit it and see how badly it has aged and whether it's still entertaining. Um, I still I still every so often say, and that's why I don't like cricket. <laughs> that scene, which genuinely made me laugh out loud when I first when I first uh, heard it. Rich um, Vulture, genius comic actor. Yes, yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to say about a girl walks home alone at night? Um, no, I, I think we've covered it. Also, when um, they're they're having their sort of weird date by the um, industrial park, uh, just sitting on the wall or sitting on his car or whatever, he says, what was the last song you listened to? And she says, Hello, Hello by Lionel Richie, <laughs> which <laughs> yes. is really out, just came completely out of nowhere. And also the fact that she calls it Hello, Hello as well. I don't know why that just, that made, made me laugh as well, but also was good at, as you say, creating that weird intimacy between them. Which totally yes. works, but it also yeah. is appropriate for it being a horror film because it's yeah. weird. Yeah, absolutely. It just fits in, doesn't it? With, with and also made me think of the very creepy video for that song. Have you ever seen it? Yes, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful video. Hello, is it me you're looking for? It's very good. Yeah. Where he's got the weird clay face. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful stuff. Um, Fab, so how are we going to rank this then? Um, let's see. How many... How many fingers are you going to bite off people? <laughs> out of 20 fingers? It's two well, people's way. <clears throat> I'm going to get around this whole town and bite 18 people's fingers. It's got very highly. Yeah, I'm going to match you on that exactly. 18 for me as well out of 20. Um, this is a great film. Well worth watching. Um, yeah, really great stuff. Fantastic. Hats off to this film. Yeah, no, well, well worth it. And I do recommend um, the 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 follow up film that she did. It is good. It's very different. Um, yeah, I have to check it out. But, uh, but yeah, the Bad Batch is is a is a good movie, worth watching. Um, yeah, very very different from this, but good in different ways. Nice. Um, so up next, again, we'll give you a choice: Cannibal Road Trip. Or veterinarian in love. <laughs> Let's do cannibal road trip. Seeing as yeah, a veterinarian in love sounds like a good one to close with, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, in which case we will be watching that movie that I've forgotten the name of that I just called it Cannibal, cannibal Road, road trip. trip. These days, uh, no, bones and all. We're going to be watching. We get to Tiny revisit salmon swimming upstream. <laughs> it's just that, but with cannibals. Yes. Uh, yeah, bo- bones and all. Um, Timothy Chalamet returns to the podcast. Oh, that's right. He's coming back at us around the corner. Friend of the podcast, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, it's Luca <laughs> Guadagnino. Yes, oh, this looks good. Yeah, this yeah, looks very good. It's meant to be cool. So um, I'm, I meant to watch it when it came out, but never got around to it. So I'm excited to to, to see this one. Cool. Excellent stuff. All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. We hope you're enjoying your spooky month so far. And really, really, if you haven't seen it, please go and watch A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. It's very, very good. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about bones and all. I thought you're just going to leave it on Bones. and going to be we're going to be watching the whole murder mystery show Bones of David Boreanaz. <laughs> I haven't got time for that. However many series. Uh, But yes, Bones and all. Looking forward to it. Alrighty. Alrighty. Bye-bye.